everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 25. It's called Transfigurations, or we're going to learn about O'Brien and how he likes to kayak. That'll be the highlight of the show, I guarantee it. Uh, I guarantee it? That's my John Hammond. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> full spoilers for the episode. <laughs> Oh, off to a riveting start here, aren't we? That, that was a bit off, though. I, I'm a bit too high pitched for that one. I do better with the other. I'm like, hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. And that's just the bit where he's on the screen and he's talking to himself, and they're all duplicating. Very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bit is better. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah. So this episode it's a really normal <laughs> by the numbers Star Trek episode. It's it's fine. I feel. I feel, I feel like. This is the most original series episode of Star Trek that we've had, maybe since the start of this show. <laughs> and it's not bad. At, at least since, like, in season one. Yeah. I feel like there was a handful in season one that felt like were just recycled scripts. It's so funny, because the next episode is maybe the most famous episode of the entire show, and I'm sure it's going to blow us away. And it's just funny that it, the one right before I, it is this. I really hope our expectations aren't overhyped for the next episode. After Q Who last, last season, I'm not worried. Okay, that's true. I'm yeah. not worried. After, after so that far, one. they have all lived up, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Transfiguration is defined uh, an alien who's crash-landed on a planet. Uh, he's very injured. Uh, Crusher's doing her work on him. Uh, notably, there's a bit of a, like, Geordi to stabilise his mind. She has to connect his mind to Geordi's with this doohickey, uh, which has a side effect on Geordi that's it's kind of a subplot, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, this guy, he's got amnesia, but it's just, he is able to survive. Uh, although mostly not through her efforts, she acknowledges that it's more to do with his body having this hopefully natural healing ability. Uh, it's, 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 like, it's like he's mutating. Uh, but does seem to be fine. He's on the mend and he's going to get back up. But he does have amnesia. He doesn't know where he's from or who he is. Uh, uh, you know, he, he goes by John. But... Uh, because of John Doe, obviously. <laughs> Just yeah. because that wasn't clear. Uh, but he, you know, he doesn't know who he is. Uh, there's evidence to suggest in the, you know, in the orbit of this planet that there was a, a fight. There was some sort of uh, ship battle that, that put his, his ship down. He's in an escape pod on the planet. And to, the episode is largely about them trying to figure out uh, what this is. He eventually turns out to have healing powers. Uh, he's able to heal people multiple times. Uh, and he has like these weird moments of me- remembering like small details... Uh, there is a weird sidetrack at one point where he tries to steal a shuttle and it's, I guess it's kind of just supposed to be that he kind of has this feeling that he has to run and it kind of ties into what his backstory actually is. But honestly, it feels kind of just tacked on for the most part to give it a little bit. Yeah. Just, just to have a bit of excitement in the middle of the episode because all the excitement really comes at the end. Uh, it kind of gets, you know, it does a kind of little bit of a connection with Crusher romantically, not much. In fact, to be honest, the biggest scene that comes out of it is a really awkward scene where Wesley's having dinner with his mother and... It's it's like he's actually her girlfriend and not not her son. The way he talks to her about this, he's kind of like, you know, I think it's a bit more than that, mom. There's a, there's a little spot there. Weird. I think, yeah, it, it's yeah. weird. It, it, if anything, it sounds more like he's the parent talking to he, to his like child, saying, does, "Hey, yeah. I think you've got a crush on someone." I think there's sparks bit, yeah. there. Uh, it was weird, um, but hey, that's he's a weird kid. What do you want? That's the gist of the. Uh, the episode uh honestly, i'll say it right now best thing of this episode is the opening scene which is geordie's got a crush on some women on the ship uh he's kind of looking over at her and he's like oh i'm a bit nervous i want to talk to her and morphs with him and 
he's like you must go over and let her see the fire in your eyes you must look at her and my immediate thought was dwarf no one can see Jordy's eyes <laughs> he, he, he meant metaphorically <laughs> right but she comes over actually to the bar and says hey to Jordy and he, he just kind of like blows it but she's clearly into him she's asking about his day she touches him on the arm all the signs are there right all the signs of interest are there and he just completely waffles it and Worf just kind of groans and says I have much to tell you about women <laughs> and I just I, really laughed <laughs> I, have, I have a, a question about yeah. this 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 subplot here and, and, and you know to start this here why, why doesn't Jordy just get her to Wesley for help because <laughs> as we know Wesley crushes in complete control of the ladies I'm starting to suspect that it's actually Worf in fact my second favourite moment of this episode is the is the the payoff to this because Jordy has some time with his mind connected to this John it gives him this extra confidence and he goes up and he's like no do you want some company you know Layla whatever her name is and she's like you know I'd like that very much and they walk off together and I think it's Data sitting with with them as well in 10 forward he's, he's kind of confused and Worf just sort of takes credit and goes Yes, I've been coaching him. He learns very quickly and just takes a, takes a sip of his drink. And I'm like, <laughs> Worf thinking he's like a ladies' man is like my new favorite thing. Um, he I, probably I, is. I, I will happily replace the ending of this with uh, with without any humor attached to it. When it comes to the ladies, Worf is in complete control. <laughs> uh, we just need some hard evidence. Yes. Uh, so no, uh, I thought that was delightful stuff. Delightful. Uh, also, I, I I love that I still I, I I go even more Scottish when I'm doing a war voice for some reason, but you know whatever it's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. Know. I I think it's because Klingon is 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 a harsh language, much like the Scottish accent. Well, the Scottish accent doesn't always have to be harsh. It's, it, no, it doesn't. I'm I'm making a good joke. There's there's various permutations of the Scottish accent. There are. Um, I I guess my natural instinct is Scottish is to go with a sort of brogue like. Like the sort of character you'd expect to yell in Braveheart. <laughs> it's kind of like what I'm emulating. Yeah, I mean, for, the, for the, the two kind of distinct accents that that most people can tell the difference between, uh, you know, easily, would be you know Glasgow and Edinburgh. Mm. And one is very harsh, and one is relatively soft. Yes. All right, we'll move on. There. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, the main plot though, uh, John. Uh, he glows of light. He cures people. Uh, Picard is very curious as to what's going on. He's especially curious after he tries to steal a steal the uh, the shuttle, which and does kind get, of kills Worf. He kind of kills Worf, but then brings him back with his powers. So I, it it did feel, to be fair, in in his defense, it felt like a complete accident as well. Like he he lit up, and then Worf kind of got blinded and stood backwards and just fell over the railing. Some Klingon death that would have been, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be very honourable with that. Really... <laughs> In Klingon Valhalla, how did you do you, die? I fell off a railing. Do you think? Do you think Klingons like? I, I almost want an episode now where they ask to go to a Klingon funeral, but the Klingon who died like fell in a hole or something like that. It's just something really stupid. Like a really, killed by a puddle, maybe. Really, <laughs> really dishonourable death. Yeah, but at least the puddle was hostile. Like, you know, it was like a, an entity that was against Tasha. I don't think that would be much satisfaction to, to a Klingon. But I, I just love the idea of, like, you know, people you read about the Darwin Awards, of people dying in really stupid ways. Like, what does a Klingon think of dying by accidentally, I don't know, like electrocuting yourself or something like that? I, I mean, I'm still assuming it's a step up from just dying in your sleep of old age. I don't know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if like, I feel like that is the very bottom of the barrel for Klingons. Like, that is the worst thing possible. Uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. What, what do I know? I don't know. Uh, I think, I think the, the, the big negative for the end of this episode that I would say, uh, because obviously he's slowly trying to remember who he is. He gets like little brief snippets. Eventually there's a ship from the planet he's from uh, shows up and they demand to be handed over. He's one of four prisoners who were on the run. It's actually his own people who killed uh, the other three. And it's something that actually John has a sense of before this is that he doesn't want to go back. When Picard says, well, we're going to take you back to your home home world. He's like, I don't think I want to go back. I, I can't tell you why, but I, I that's, you know, terrifies me. I can't go back. And, you know, and Picard sort of realizes that there's, there's fishy, fishy stuff going on here. He realizes that he, he does kind of have to acknowledge that they want him back because, and they outright say they're going to execute him because he's a he's a criminal. He's you know the state yeah. wants him dead, but he does acknowledge, as with Troy pointed out as well, that there is something fishy here where it feels like it doesn't just feel like he's a criminal who committed a crime. It feels like the state really want to cover him up. Like there's something to hide here. Yeah, honestly, I think this episode part of the episode should have been a lot, you know, deeper explored. Like mm-hmm. this bit here where they're talking about, well, I mean, it's their laws. What right do we have to not? You yeah, know, if 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 that, this was the other way around, we'd we'd be demanding they respected our laws. This is where the potential, you know, the Star Trek exploration of morals and ethics could have came into it, but it's really just kind of a glossed over part. It's of like the a end. three minute section that they were just like, well, never mind. I'll just I'll mention it to Riker offhandedly, and then we'll just get over it really quickly. Yeah, and when he's asking for more information, the the, the they have powers. They, these people, uh, they, they, they basically make everyone start to suffocate. They all can't breathe, uh, including Picard, Worf, everyone, Crusher. Uh, but luckily, John's able to sort of counteract it with these powers to, to the point where he actually does the whole ship by just like touching the ship, and like you see the the glow kind of go through the whole ship, and they all yeah. get back up. Uh, and then we get the laughably goofy, like he, oh. basically, it turns out that he's actually transcending and. The people on this planet want to kill him because it's essentially the X-Men, right? Where he's a mutation going into the next stage of evolution. And at least in a Star Trek sense, I kind of appreciated that this is like... You know how many beings we met in the original Star Trek who had become like godlike or they were like, uh, you know, in a higher plane of existence? I like the idea that this is this civilization just starting to transition. Like they're just starting to get there. This is the first few people. Yeah, I think Star Trek has established as a rule that this is the, the next point of evolution for most species like advanced species well, i would even say next it's just somewhere down the line this is where you eventually get to yeah uh and he he does this and at first i thought the effect was all right because he sort of glows like the color that he's been glowing as he's been healing and stuff right he sort of glows that and i thought it was just going to be like a sort of man shape of light but then once the light calmed down a little bit he still got a glow effect but what he actually is is he's basically a dude in a green screen like suit but it's not green it's like white it's or white. yellow instead yeah. uh Fact, All I could think was uh, was Green Man from Always Sunny. I thought of that. I also thought of the human being from Community. Uh, yeah, yeah. That and works. because as he was speaking, you can still see his mouth moving behind the mask. It's which just his nose just sticking out of the uh, this like costume. Which I don't think it's supposed to feel like a costume. It's supposed to feel like he's ethereal or something like that. It just it looked really stupid and goofy and silly. Because it was still like lit, like he, he had a bit of a glow, and I feel like the intention was kind of what you th- you thought there, where. Oh no, he'll just always glow and you won't see well, the costume. I think what the, the intended effect was, you know at the start of the Superman movie where all their costumes and Krypton are all glowing and they're all because they're all overexposed. I think the intention here was to have it be so overexposed it was just a shape of like light, essentially, right? Just pure white light. Yeah. And instead, 
for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't pull that off, or maybe that wasn't the intent, and I'm just making assumptions here. But it ended is, up is being... Is this something that would have looked better in, in SD back at the time? I don't think it would have done... I don't think it would have made that much difference here. But maybe a little maybe. bit, but... Maybe it would have helped House... Because, that, I mean, him talking through the mask, you could really see the movement. Maybe that would have helped that little bit of it, a little touch, but I don't... But you could still very clearly see the fabric, right? I don't think they'd have hidden that. Yeah. So... I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, it, it, it looked rough and it was goofy and it wasn't a particularly great episode, but this kind of got laughable for, for this minute yeah. here. And, and what I thought was weird is, is I thought Jordy was going to play into the main plot eventually because they spent so much time in him and his confidence and like what he asked this girl out in the first half of the episode that once he did, they just kind of forgot about him. And there was just one scene sort of late on when John was on his way to the bridge, he runs into him and Jordy kind of thanks him because he think, you know he's like, oh, I think that, that transfer like, gave me confidence. And John's basically like, no, it was in you all along. You know, he's just sort Yeah, of... I think there's a moment where where he and Data extrapolate uh you know the the origin of his ship, you know, the, the escape pod and where it's come from. Yeah. But and, I mean Jordy's in that scene, but it's not really about his story, that scene. Well well no, this is what I'm getting at is I feel like the intention is it's supposed to be look how confident he is. He's just kind of pulling oh, okay. these ideas out. It kind of feels like Geordie anyway. Yeah, the like problem in, at work. Yeah, the problem is, is that everything he does in that scene seems, seems like the sort of stuff that he does every episode. Yeah, that's so, that's my problem as well. So it doesn't it, really come off that way. It doesn't feel like he's super smart, Geordie, because he feels like Geordie's always this smart. Uh, yeah, and yeah, because basically what they do is to, to try and like pinpoint where John's from. Is they they've got some like vague data from his ship because they had this like part of the computer that looks kind of funky, and. They basically, okay, we've got like a pattern of flight, but there's no, like, you know, we can't tell where he started or where this was in space, but basically they, they judge from where things curve. Like, okay, if this is him dodging like certain like orbits and stars, we can kind of like sort of almost fit it onto like a template of like a map yeah. and see where he's been. And it traces it back to like his origin point, which is the planet. It's smart enough. And honestly, it was one of the more interesting minute or two of the, of the episode. Oh, no, in that was. There, was, there was some... Yeah some interesting logic in in their workings out now the scene that reveals that it can heal people though of course is the infamous and i'm calling it infamous the o'brien kayaking scene and what i love about this is not only does he walk in like a wetsuit or whatever he's wearing you know kayaking gear and he's 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 holding his shoulder he's dislocated his shoulder uh the, the way he phrases it as he walks in made me laugh because he says oh doctor i've been kayaking in the holodeck again i'm like Wait, hold on. You said that as if that's the the mistake. You said that as if, like, you know, you know, like, oh, I've, I've see, see if he'd walked and says, oh, I've dislocated my shoulder again. That would make sense. But he said that as if he wasn't meant to be ho- kayaking. Is as if, as if he... <laughs> it's it's as if every time he does something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's point two. Point point two is that yeah, it implies that every time he does it, something goes wrong. But the way he specifically phrases it makes it sound like. He never intends to kayak. He just always ends up kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> I get where you come from. I, I think it was more just like you say. Oh, I've dislocated again. Yeah. Rather than that, whatever he did last time was a different injury. So it's, I've yeah. been kayaking again. So it's just oh, it, every he just gets a different injury every time he goes kayaking. Uh, well, it's, it's the way I phrase it because if he'd come in and says, "Look, I've been kayaking again," and like I'd be fine. But he phrases it as if the kayak always causes an injury, and I don't know. <laughs> they made me laugh, and it's not a mistake or that. It's not a bad performance. I think it's intentionally meant to be kind of funny. Uh, it's, it's. I think it is supposed to be kind of goofy and some comic relief. And like, why is O'Brien just here in a wetsuit? <laughs> yes. Uh, 
so i i enjoyed that i i, I really want scenes of uh o'brien kayaking now it's my new like <laughs> one if, day if, honestly if anything if, if, if anything's replacing wesley crusher as the outro of the show uh o'brien kayaking uh <laughs> something to do with the bride i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out i and i just love i hope this is something that because he becomes a main character in deep space nine i hope that in deep space nine they explore his love of kayaking which <laughs> i love how this is the only hobby we know he has now right <laughs> and it's not something like because we know how he turned down like a similar leprechaun uh in a previous episode i, I wonder if like when he agreed to do this he read the description like, yeah this isn't too irish I'm, I'm okay with this this isn't a stereotype yeah it's uh kayak is nice and neutral uh, yeah i i would not associate that with any anyone in particular no no um so there you go um i mean kayak is obviously a thing uh everywhere i would definitely associate it more with like you know i i, I for some reason i imagine australia having a lot of kayaking because it's uh i mean maybe maybe i'm biased I, I used to do a lot of kayaking when i was younger and there is a place that does kayaks like there's a there's a lake that does it like 10 minutes from my house did, did you uh wear a wetsuit i didn't wear a wetsuit no i wore just you know shorts a t-shirt i did have one of the the flaps that you kind of wear around your waist and you you know it stretches around the the top of the kayak to stop the water getting inside interesting interesting yeah okay i've never been a kayak myself <laughs> bigger boats I, uh, but not kayak no i uh, i really enjoy kayaking a lot um, a lot of fun yeah um a big ship i'm fine um admittedly when i was a kid i went on to like a small boat in a, in a, like a lake or whatever and i felt really sick doing that uh whenever i've been on like a big ferry or something that's felt fine so I've... i i think honestly you don't get seasick in a kayak either because it's so small mm. that you don't feel like like because you, you're not stood up or anything like that you're not like rocking side to side you, you you are moving but your whole body is moving intentionally it's more like you're swimming still rather than being on the yeah you know. it's like it's like the feeling is kind of like a cross between like swimming and cycling to to your body, so it doesn't feel like seasickness. Like there's no motion like that to it. <laughs> I love how much time we spent in this kayaking. It's the it's, it's the highlight of the episode. Clearly, I told you that at the start. I, I I called it at the start of the review. I said the kayak is the most memorable thing about this episode. Is that O'Brien's been <laughs> kayaking again? <laughs> oh. I just love that O'Brien has been so well developed as a background actually, character. Got, I, I've got a theory, actually. He wasn't kayaking. He was in there doing dirty things, and he dislocated his shoulder having a wank. So he's what he's done, he's ran to his, his, uh, his, uh, his, you know, his, his room, and he's put on a wetsuit. I, I cannot imagine. Like, wetsuits are difficult to get on. I don't know if you've ever worn a wetsuit. I, I can't say I have, though. They're, they are difficult to put on. And, like, they're, they're not easy <laughs> because they're really tight. That's the point. I cannot imagine doing that with a dislocated shoulder. Okay. He's done this before, and he knows there's a risk. <laughs> so he intentionally wears a wetsuit, just he, in case. Just in case. So he's got an excuse. He's got he's got like a story, a cover story. So he doesn't have to say to Crusher, "Look, I was really going at it in the hollow deck, and I might have dislocated my shoulder again." Maybe he's got a thing for mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain the wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe he's got some sort of some sort of sailor like mermaid fantasy i don't know <laughs> not that sailors wear wetsuits but you know what i mean uh, i don't know he, he, he's got a, yes he has fantasies he's a deep sea diver right and he's 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 looking in the water for something right maybe he's hunting for treasure or something i don't know and he comes across a mermaid and it's this romantic underwater love story yeah that sounds completely plausible also 
I don't want anyone in the comments to give a shit if this is a dry soup, not a wet soup. Don't want to hear it. They're, the, they're, the, they're basically the same. Don't care. I just, it dawned on me that maybe it's a dry suit and someone will be like, you, you spend a lot of time on this and, and, and be finicky about it. No, don't care. I can't tell the difference, so I don't really care. No, can I? That's, that's kind of <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll live with the mistake, all right? There's some mistakes that have been pointed out in some reviews sometimes where I'm like, damn it, and I get really mad at myself. But then there's yeah. some of them where I just don't give a shit. And this is one of those times where I don't care. <laughs> Priorities. Every comment could be corrected as on the type of suit. I ain't going to lose a wink of sleep over it. I can live <laughs> with myself. So, all right. Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, and the, the time-honored wording of Michael Fassbender, uh, I'll blow you to the fingering. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess that's transfiguration. Is that how we're ending this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's horrendous. That's... Mm. Look, we got two uninteresting episodes before a classic, okay? And I, you know, I think we've said all we need to say about this episode. In fact, we said all we had to say about this episode about five minutes ago, and then we, <laughs> and then we, we spent five minutes talking about kayaking, and then we kept going. So, thank you very much for for joining us. Hopefully, you had some entertainment value out of the ridiculous you... nonsense at the end of this. Yeah, you still going to read the the blurb for the next one? Oh yeah, yeah. What's next 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 time? Yes, because uh, just because we know what the episode is, and uh, true, we should true, still true, adhere true. to form. Of course, the next one is the Beth the Bus Worlds Part One, uh, which of course uh, is a very famous episode. Uh, the description here on IMDb is responding to a distress call on one of the Federation's outermost colonies. The Enterprise arrives, only to find a big hole in the ground where the town used to be. That already sounds quite good, actually, even without knowing... Sounds intriguing, yeah. yeah. And discovers the Borg are behind the attack. Ooh. So, uh, I love the idea that we knew they were coming and that they're on the outskirts, like one of the most, out, you know, outskirts colonies. They're right out there. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm into this. So, this uh, should be good. Uh, the rating in IMDb, is, I'm pretty sure is the highest I've seen in any episode, so uh, we'll see if it lives up to that monumental good. task. Uh, so yeah it's not a terrible episode it's perfectly watchable but it's also kind of dull and just very typical star trek uh and what something this season's been very good at is finding what the core like debate or moral or ethical sort of discussion is and even if some of the some of the facets of the episode are a little bit goofy or whatever that core aspect will raise the episode above what, yeah, used, and what, I think what the show was in the first couple of seasons for the most part. So the fact that this one and the last one were both kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, honestly, I think that's where this one really falls flat, is that it has that moral message point in there, but it just doesn't actually want to deal with it this time. It's just like, well, we should probably mention it. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so thank you once again. Uh, let us what you thought in the comments. Please do a like. Uh, like is really important on YouTube. It uh, allows YouTube to recommend this out to other people. Uh, so please do help us there's the free way to support us nice and easy uh, but you can also of course support us financially over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your trouble so go and have a look at that uh, get us on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching Star Trek guys and remember when it comes to the ladies Worf is in control whilst O'Brien is not in control in the kayak <laughs>